M. Rossiano. I mean, if I was going to marry a bird, I would marry a king parrot. And Michael Lucas. You can't be unhappy when you're stuffing that in your mouth. This is Emsolation. I just want you guys to be aware of them, to look after them, to not put perfume in them, to get them checked, to have your pap test. Oh, I don't necessarily want a macrame vagina life-size hanging on the wall. You're in Emsolation. Well, hello there. And welcome to Emsolation. My name is Em Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, and I will be your spiritual guide over the next 50 or so minutes. Joining me shortly will be my best friend since I was 11, Australian screenwriter, Mr. Michael Lucas. And together we bring you this podcast, Emsolation, every Thursday. And it's full of the things that we've just enjoyed during the week. And I was explaining it to another person this week in the in the industry in a very important meeting I was in and he said to me well you know what do you talk about how do you how would you explain your podcast to someone who'd never listened to it and I said look to be honest we have a wide a wide variety of things that we're interested in we are both pop culture fiends we also love politics there's a lot of dick chat just things that I don't know. I always know what we're going to do each week. When when the topic just kind of gets in my tummy, I get a bit of a fizz. It's a fizz stream, so get fizzy with a fizz soda stream. That's fizzy. I fall a bit in love and, and it, that's my gut instinct on it. And, like, there's no theme or plan. And the way that the show comes together would make any broadcast radio producer, like, traditional. It would make them ill. It's very much on the feel and vibe. (laughs) And so I explained that. I said, you know, one week we'll break down a very important political, you know, story and we'll we'll try and make it accessible and explain it. And then sometimes we just talk about like did did a certain person use a a dick prosthetic in a a certain Netflix show and we will heartily debate them both. And that's why I love this podcast. And if you're here, that means, you know, we found our people because it is a – it's a certain person, isn't it? You are a certain person. <laughs> anyway, welcome here. I love you. We love you. We love having you here. This week is no different. Michael and I were in the same room and this has only happened like three times in the podcast history. So it, it's spicy. What you're about to hear is spicy. We recorded it at night. There had been wine involved. Um, <laughs> I didn't get to do my usual prep. And you know I like to be fully prepped and immersed and have a PhD on each topic we're talking about. You can tell we were flying easy breezy, but um, it was good fun. The reason we filmed it in the same room is because I'm off to Sydney for the podcast awards, as you all know. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, I'll probably know what's going on. I'm presenting an award, which is nice. And, um, you know, I was feeling a bit anxious about going to Sydney. I'm just packing now, just getting ready as I talk to you. <laughs> because obviously there's a new variant, which we talk about in the podcast this week. We also talk about Kim Kardashian's new relationship, which of course I'm on board for. I don't care if it's fake. I'm here for it. And also, look, if you follow me on social media, you know I had a DM from a lady uh, who was very unhappy with the way I was kind of talking about my neurodiversity. And it really got me good. Michael and I discussed that because I just wanted to kind of clear the air a bit and and really talk about how I see my role publicly as someone with ADHD and possibly with autism. So, yeah, we we cover all the things and then the show ends. You must get to the end. Michael Lucas starts singing Barbara Streisand Broadway songs. (laughs) 
<laughs> you, it's the highlight. Right at the end before we go, because obviously the legendary Stephen Soundheim died and um, famous Broadway playwright, composer, and we wanted to tip our cap to him. And then Michael talked about how he grew up listening to Barbara Streisand sing Broadway songs and then he started singing it. And it's amazing. I think it's my favourite ever section of the podcast that we've ever done. So anyway, welcome to this week. Have I even asked you how you are? Rude. How are you? We're getting very close to Christmas now. It's officially December. So I have to acknowledge that Christmas is coming. But the big exciting thing, obviously, is we're only like a week and a bit off the Emsolation Live Christmas special. Last night I recorded the opener. I've written a song. Uh, it's to the tune of All I Want for Christmas Is You, obviously by Maroya. All I want for Christmas is you. But I have written it from the perspective of, say, a 35 to 50-year-old, 60-year-old woman, 70-year-old woman being asked what she'd like. And imagine if we actually truthfully answered that question. So there's a whole opener involved that's going to play before the show airs and um, tickets are turning over now. You, you guys are getting it. You guys are understanding that this is an event. And also this is you saying, hey, we think people like Am and Michael and Chala and the thing that they make – should be on telly. Good evening and welcome to television. It's it's just my bit of, you know, it's it's very exciting that I'm able to finally m- kind of make this camp topical heartfelt TV show and you guys are directly funding it with the ticket sales. So thank you for that. And if you haven't got your tickets, you haven't reserved your spot, you need to because we're capping it at 5000 and we're getting close. I'd love you to be there. It means a lot and it's only 5 bucks. Truly, it's a cup of coffee. It goes, it's a sliding scale, 5 to 25. So whatever you can afford. Um, but I think Michael and I are worth that to you. We are. In fact, pause the podcast now if you haven't already. Go and click on the link in our bio at the Emsolation Instagram page and just grab your spot. It'll take you two seconds, I promise. So that's very exciting. We're bumping the set in. We've just borrowed some giant leopards. <laughs> I've got the carolers. It's really good. It's actually, it's going to be really fun. Uh, so that's what's been going on. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to keep the intro really short, but um, I just wanted to let you know what was coming. Michael and I in the same room. It's a spicy app. Please enjoy it. I'm really glad you're here. Oh, God, I feel really anxious because I've got to like go to the airport and pack and be away from everyone. And do you guys get that weird like on the day of a flight? It's like you've got to get everything set and done and organised. Luckily, Marcella is home, so it's okay. I have some help. All right, gang. Play the music. M. Luciano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. All right. Good time to lash out when you're unprepared. (laughs) (laughs) Can't see that not paying off. Fuck. (laughs) Well, for a treat for everyone, Michael Lucas and I are in the same room, so I can't welcome you on to say hi. I'd still appreciate a welcome. (laughs) Please welcome 16-time actor award nominee, Michael Lucas. Wow, she is in a spiky mood today. (laughs) 
I'm just keeping it real. I'm just speaking my truth. Oh, yeah, because you're so restrained with the truth normally. <laughs> Actually, can we just pause there? I am. You know me it's true. deeply, intimately. I am restrained with yeah. the truth. There's 30% of you <laughs> that people don't see for their own safety, for their own health and safety and that of other people. <laughs> That's best. Um, so we did put it to Instagram. I have to say our most commented on picture of all time. All time. It's in the thousands. Mm. I think there's more comments than we have followers on the page. We put up three photos of Michael in his suit options. Talk us through the suit options. Yeah, there's there's your traditional black suit. You have no style or sense of fashion. Of course. Yeah, well, I, I mean, that had to be one that I looked at. It's a black tie event. Yeah. And, and then in addition to that, there was a red velvet jacket. Mm-hmm. Is this how we dress for the office? You look like a blood clot. It was amazing. We love that one. And I did notice you were, like, swinging the bias by wearing a mask in it and not having your hair done. It was a bad photo of that jacket too. <laughs> My favourite jacket. It was her jacket. Mm. And then mm. there was a blue jacket paired with like a black satin shirt and tie yeah. underneath. And yeah. weirdly when when that was presented to me, mm. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Mm. I couldn't wear this colour and why would anyone put black under blue and this isn't going to work. But then when I put it on, I really, really loved it. It fitted me really well. It's fabulous. Good. Thank you. And also let's just say I don't want to – there's going to be a surprise reveal. Oh, my God. When we get in the same room together, it gets really fucking spicy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But, no, I just meant to everyone that voted on it. What do so, you mean? So, well, there, there were two camps. I mean, the black suit didn't do too well. I think we can – I think we can – Yeah. That was very low votes. So it was kind of like there were a lot of people that were – there were up for the blue. Yeah. There was some celebrity blue. Um, I know. I saw. And there were some celebrity red yes, fans. Yes, yes. So they were the number one and number two. Okay, but there is a, re- a reveal. Good luck. And don't fuck it up. There's a reveal. Yeah. I know the reveal. Don't I, I? I'm just going to say that both camps are going to be winners <laughs> in a way. <laughs> good reveal. And it's not that I'm changing my suit in the middle of the oh, thing. Oh, that would be imagine. It would be good. Because you are presenting an award. So that would be d- the most diva move if I, you came out on stage in a different suit to what you arrived in. Oh, my God. Let's do that. I, I feel... I feel like I should say that I am indeed presenting an award. I'm fairly sure it won't be televised. It will be televised. No, I'm making phone calls. It's going to. I mean it. I'm going to get the footage. We're going to get it. But imagine if you came out like like Harry Styles vibes in a dress. You could take one of mine. We could do a Harry Styles moment. That would make the telly. Then you'd definitely make the telly. Your mum would be so proud. Oh, God, honey, no. What kind of mother do you think I am? Let's do that. Agreed? I, I, I think your interpretation of my mother's reactions, <laughs> I, I'd... I'd probably dispute them. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into it. There's a new COVID variant. I don't know why I'm laughing. There's a new COVID-19 variant that has entered the chat. Delta's gone. Delta's done. She's retired. Delta Mm. Goodrum would be so relieved that there's a new player in the game. Like, she would be so relieved. Oh, yeah, and especially because now we'll look back fondly on Delta and remember that. Remember Delta? Yeah, she was was born to try. (laughs) (laughs) This one. Like, you know, they've said, guys, don't worry about it. It's it's not too bad. It'll be fine. And we're going to call it Omicron. <laughs> I think in actual fact it's called Omicron. Omicron. It sounds like, it sounds like a Transformer. Transformers, more than meets the eye. It does like, sound exactly like, like a Transformer. Honestly, if you're going to name a terrifying disease something, but you also have the caveat of it's mild, would you call it Omicron? <laughs> Who is in charge of picking the names? 
you know, because there's someone in charge of picking hurricane names, tornado names. Mm, there mm, is, mm. you know, and they go. Ladies. Th- yeah, they go through the letters of the alphabet. Mm, mm. That is quite sexist. A hurricane's never named after men. <gasps> Patriarchy. Really? Well, yeah, but then again. Has there ever been a Hurricane Bruce? Good day, Bruce. Oh, hello, Bruce. How are you, Bruce? Oh, my God. You're just real. I've just realised something. Isn't yeah, it? but it isn't. But hurricanes are powerful and, and you know. You think so that's why they name it after women, not that they d- fucking destroy everything in their path? <laughs> you think it's because they're powerful? No fucking way. <gasps> Patriot. No, I think it's actually probably, I think the nature of it is more that, like, you know, it is it is it is misogynist because it's like they're saying, oh, some women are impossible. Yes, yeah, it's so misogynist. It's like there's a department who names men's deodorant and women's deodorant. Mm-hmm. So with the women's, you've got flower, bouquet, blush, dove, and then with the men's, you've got axe, ice, gun. <laughs> like it's the same thing here. There's some lovely person who's naming all the hurricanes, and then someone at the infectious disease department's gone. I know what we need to do. <laughs> Omnicom. It feels like, yeah, something out of Transformers or it feels a bit, it also feels a bit Harry Potter. Like I, I think the next variant should be called Dementor. <laughs> Expecto Patronum. Guys, don't worry. It's just a light COVID. We're calling, <laughs> We're calling just... it Ultra Megatron Death. This is the next COVID variant. But <laughs> <laughs> no, we're calling it Deathmaker Infinity. <laughs> don't be alarmed. <laughs> guys, 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 new variant. It's called This Is The End. We're all going to die. It's fine. Get your booster shot. <laughs> it's called Apocalypto, but still go to Westfield to do your Christmas shopping. <laughs> oh, my God, don't joke. We're not joking. We're just a bit like we're joking. But we're not joking about COVID. We're just talking about the stupidity of the names. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this one doesn't have a name. It's actually, its title is it's just going to be a gif of someone's face melting. It's just the infinity sign. It's just the infinity sign. Guys, don't worry. It's all- <laughs> <laughs> We're calling this one um, worse than a nuclear holocaust Alpatron. It's going to be fine. It's Guys, just, just get another booster. We're going in for our fifth booster. But New South Wales Health, let's get cereal. New South Wales Health have confirmed. I knew this was going to go off the rails when we can see each other. It's not good. There is a there is a, a, a modicum of professionalism when there's a screen between us. <laughs> <laughs> New South Wales Health have confirmed a traveller who arrived literally the day we shut the borders mm. um, from South Africa who, you know, she went and visited every shop in Sydney because that's what they do. This mm. is what COVID positive cases do. They just maybe they get a vibe. God, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in lockdown for a bit. I better go to every fucking Bunnings and Westfield oh, that I can touch. Let's not forget barbecues galore. Barbecues, what? Who are these people having barbecues? God, there's terrible publicity for them. So she's gone everywhere, and then um, so there's 27 new hotspots, and the ris- the thing with Omicron, um, Omicron, Omicron. Is that um? It's got, as you said to me, it's got multiple spike mutations. What does, does that mean? Do you know what that means? Yeah. Well. Yeah. The the way that diseases evolve is yeah they develop mutations mm. and and so 
the spike is what the cells use to attach to us. Ah. And so, and so our, our vaccines are sit there to try and like stop those spikes attaching. That's, ah. that's what, when the vaccines are effective. Yeah. Um, but this and, one's got multiple. Yeah. So it's got different spikes. It's got different spikes. So it's like, Oh, we don't know what the vaccine will do. Will the, will the vaccine hold up against these spikes? Oh. And the answer probably is it, it's almost definitely going to hold up to some extent, mm-hmm. but it's just how much. You, like, thank you, epidemiologist Michael Lucas. That's a very good explanation. <laughs> but they're calling it when they're calling it a variant of concern. So that's it. But the, my point is I'm supposed to go to Sydney this week. I don't know if I want to go. Antibacterial wipes, perhaps. Should yeah. I go? Would you go if you were me? It's Podcast Awards, guys. I, I would, but, but uh, you know, you and I often have different, you know, you're, I'm the magical seahorse of hope. Yeah, I mean, it's true, and I'm the unicorn of death. Yeah. It's true. Well, I did predict you and Adrian that this Omnicom was coming. Was coming. It sounds like a Superman villain. You did, I can't you get over the name. You didn't say the word Omnicom, but. <laughs> it's coming. Okay. Here it is. <laughs> so you, you I feel like go. you should just do a blanket statement, which is just like dark times are coming, and then you can just pull that out that every single That could be the name day. of the next variant. But you've got it. Dark times. Dark times are coming. Yeah, right. But guys, it's fine. It's just a very nice concern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I could pretty much predict that the end of the world is coming because we don't put a time limit on my predictions. So eventually they have to come true, don't they? I mean, Donald Trump will be the president again eventually. It'll happen. It's definitely going to happen. Right. Well, I mean, he's going to have a finite life, one would think. Yeah. So it would want to be happening pretty soon. Yeah. It will. 2024. Yeah, okay. 100%. You know I'm right. I think we should start time stamping your predictions. Nah, though, that would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, in, to our New South Wales friends, we are joking and, you know, it's a stupid name. I can't get off it. But it would be scary. I would be scared if I was in New South Wales that everything. But what I would be scared of is that Dom Perrottet doesn't take it as seriously as Gladys did. And my concern is he's just going to keep rolling out the opening. Like they're talking about getting rid of masks. Mm-hmm. My concern if I was a Sydney resident would be what if we need to like suddenly lock down? What if, what if we actually do need to do something quickly? And this guy's not really, he doesn't really want to shut the economy down again. So wouldn't you be worried? Yeah, but also I'd be cautioning it by saying that, you know, we still don't know that much about this one yet. Because, because you know, it, it, it's it's mostly been spreading in Africa and unfortunately their vaccine rates are low there. So people really don't know yet how the vaccine works on it and we might be all right. We just mm. don't know. Mm. Okay. We do know that, it, that on the face of it, it doesn't, although it, it's more transmissible, it doesn't seem more severe. In fact, there's evidence to suggest it's less severe. So that's yeah. one thing in the, you yeah. know. But it's just we're so hardwired. I did see a great tweet that was like we went into this pandemic and we thought, yeah, we were watching something like Breaking Bad. It contained five seasons. Now it's like mm. we're in Grey's Anatomy. It's <laughs> <laughs> an 18 season run. That's still going, that show. I know. My channel watches it. Yeah. And Meredith Grey is still there. Still there. She's still there. Yeah. God, that's so impressive. Uh, I just I, I'll get weird in my ethics and I won't sleep tonight. I just really want to just obviously say COVID is not a joke. Obviously, it was very serious and it was a horrible thing. I, I don't. We are separating the, the disease to the idiots that name it. That's it. But I just want everyone to know I do take it very seriously, just not that fucking name. Um, something else I take very seriously, in fact, is Kim Kardashian dating Pete Davidson. Mm. Oh, I'm on board for this. What are your feelings on this relationship? Um, I, I won't surprise many listeners to know they were close to nil for quite a period of time, but I have subsequently, <laughs> I've now gotten involved because we've sort of ended up in an argument. Well, typically, 
typically um, M expressed a conspiracy theory about this relationship, so then I had to research so I could dispute her theory, and now I'm intrigued by it. Oh, come on. So um, obviously for those of you who don't know, Pete Davidson is a Saturday Night Live comic and he probably most famously dated Ariana Grande for three years. Mm. He's also dated Kate Beckinsale. He has an amazing history with very hot women. He does. And, and I just want to get in that that includes, for those of us that have watched Made on Netflix, Margaret Qualley, who is Andy McDowell's daughter, mm. he dated her. She's amazing. And then also he also dated Cindy Crawford's daughter. So daughters of famous models <laughs> seem yeah. to be a thing. And the girl, the lead in Bridgerton. Yeah. Phoebe. Someone. Yeah. So, like, what I obviously have come to the conclusion is that he has a magic dick. I love magic. It's like juggling, but it's definitely more confrontational, that's for sure. This guy's dick must be chef's kiss. Like, it must be, like, Magic Dick Davison. That, I'm pretty sure that's his nickname when I said it. Well, I think that that's an understandable conclusion to draw. Because well, what else has he got going for on him? On the face of it, he doesn't strike you as someone who is spectacularly attractive in 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 other ways. <laughs> Although, presumably, he's a really talented comedian. I have not seen that much of his work on Saturday Night Live. He is really quirky and weird and looks underfed and underslept. He does. And, like, he goes to Just Cuts for a bleach wash every once a month. Like, it, it, it's we, we're calling them, I've already forgotten what their name Manic is. Manic Pixie Dream Boys. Manic Pixie Dream Boys. Now, I've just been learning about Manic Pixie Dream Boys. I looked up if I was a Manic Pixie Dream Girl. I am not. You are not a Manic Pixie Dream Boy either. I'm sorry. Thank you. But the Manic Pixie Dream Boy is, like, um, Machine Gun Kelly, who obviously Megan Fox is dating. Yeah. Um, Travis Barker, who Courtney Kardashian is dating from Blink-182. Yeah. Timothy Chalamet. Harry I understand. Styles. Right. Yeah. Skinny. Yeah, skinny, alt, cool. Yeah. You know, it's sort, of, sort of a bit of a vibe of are they hot or do they have a disease or both? Yeah, yeah. Are they hot or have they got the flu? Yeah. It's like... Pretty much I think imagine- Harry Styles is the healthiest one there. Oh, look, He's on the borderline of just being just standard hot. It's a but- sliding scale. It's a spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Harry would be at the top. Yeah. And at the bottom would be, say, like, Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> yeah. Kieran Culkin, I feel like, is on there somewhere. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. Manic Pixie Boy. So I am wondering, there's lots of conspiracy theories going around about this relationship because it is quite strange. Also, there's a massive age difference. Again, high five, Kim. Yes, although he has dated previously, like Kate Beckinsale, he's he's fond of the age difference. Oh, he loves an older lady, yeah. as does Harry Styles. As so does, imagine uh, yes. maybe my next life and next husband needs to be a manic pixie dream boy because I'm old. <laughs> 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 this is the thing. All I'm saying is they like older women. Is this the thing? But, um, yeah, no, so, so Kim has started dating him and it's kind of come out and they've been seen holding hands and going on dates and it's it's a strange thing. And the entire internet is confused slash obsessed with it. They, mm. they can't understand it, especially mm. Kanye. Kanye is refusing to accept it. Mm. He cannot believe this is the person that he has been usurped by. And he's been filmed saying that he believes that God will bring him and Kim back together and it will be an example to all um, split families the world over. When God, who is already one and is so, brings Kim Gay. Together, there's going to be millions of families that are going to be influenced and see that they can overcome the work as a separation of trauma of the devil that's used to capitalize and keep people in misery while people stand or step over homeless people to go to the Gucci store. I mean, there's nothing hotter when your ex says <laughs> to his millions of followers. 
that God's going to bring you back together. Mm. I mean, that would really fill me with confidence. Mm. As, <laughs> as he says. But give us the conspiracy theory. I know you're sitting on it. I am, I am, I am, but... I want to get there. Uh, so what was I going to say? You made me lose my train of thought. You know I go on mental side quests. Right, I'll just go to the conspiracy theory. So the conspiracy theory is besides the fact he must have the best penis on the face of the planet is that Chris Jenner fashioned this relationship because of the Astroworld disaster. Now, for those of you who don't know, there was a huge, like, music festival invo- um, involving Drake mm. and Travis Scott who is, oh, God, you're testing me my Kardashian. Kylie Jenner's baby daddy. Mm-hmm. Now, during his set, I think eight people, yes. possibly more, tragically yes. died. He kept performing. He didn't stop. Mm. It was, he's being sued. Him and Drake are now being sued for millions. Mm. Uh, and the conspiracy theory is that Chris Jenner decided that Kim needed to have this bizarro relationship to draw fire from her daughter's partner. But this is why this relationship has come out into the open mm. and it's gaining a lot of traction on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so basically that's the end way of saying it's almost verified. I well. Mean, it's, it's, the CIA has looked into it or, well, or a lot of teenagers on TikTok. Either that or like Kim, Kim saw Courtney's and Megan's and just said, oh, I want one of them. Uh, Funny one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I dispute the theory. And, Why? And what the reason? What are your facts? I don't care for them. <laughs> Go tell me your facts. Well, it was like the first week in November when that horrible tragedy happened. Yes, but that was she had that moment on Saturday Night Live when they played Jasmine and Aladdin. That's when how they, they kissed. Meant. Yes, exactly. I want you to make me like Pinocchio, but like down there. You don't have to wish for that. Check it out, Jasmine. Wow, that is better, even though it's the wrong color. But you, you really didn't have to do that. I mean, I like you just the way you are. Now, are you going to kiss me or not? I sure am, Jasmine. That was that was like a whole month beforehand when that happened. And yeah, then but they they, were, the mum saw that they had chemistry. And then, but then they were like, remember, they went to the roller, scooter, roller coaster at Not Scary Farm, at, and that was late October. And they yeah, were holding hands. That was all before this yeah, thing. Yeah, but then then the gears changed and all of a sudden the public sightings were happening daily after the Astro World. This is that mate, the TikTok sleuths have done a timeline. Don't you even worry. There are Excel spreadsheets, there are graphs. They show that the public appearances upped after the Astro World tragedy. Go, what? go, you're not even on TikTok, you old man. You don't even know. I'm not, but then look. It is true, November 19th, which was quite a f- while afterwards, that was when she, they went insta-official and all and of a sudden. And that is when they announced the, the massive lawsuit. Look, so what are you saying that they that, that, that those previous holding hand things were just what were they? I'm not disputing their dating. I am saying that. The, so Kim, so Chris was like, I reckon Kim would have kept this on the DL. I reckon Kim would have had this as, you know, we've all had a good, you know, a good... A good penis that perhaps nothing else was going for them, but, geez, they were great. And, you know, you just don't tell your friends. You don't admit to it. You just you just get your, your deep dick from Davison and then you just head on your merry way. It does, I, it does feel like he's providing a service. I think so. Many. And yeah. I, I mean, no, but particularly to the woman coming out of the difficult relationship. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, 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 sure. And I just think good for her. I mean. I feel like as well you, the reason why this conspiracy theory lands with you is partially because you kind of understand and respect Chris Jenner's motivations and could see yourself going. Chris Jenner's the hardest working, like besides <laughs> Satan, the hardest working person on the planet, on in the universe. 
I just think she never stops. And no one trusts that anything that happens to the Kardashians is not of her device. So I love that. Can you that. imagine if they ever name a COVID variant after Kris Jenner? You'll be so terrified. We're done. <laughs> I'm going to the bunker in New Zealand. If the Kris Jenner variant comes, forget it. Or yeah. the Madonna variant. Oh. We've talked about that before. They can't name it after any of the divas. No. Poor Delta. So, look, I'm following this closely and I'm all about, I'm going to do some more research on the um, Manic Magic Pixie Dream Boys. Manic Magic? Manic? Manic Pixie Dream Boys? Manic Pixie. Because Manic Pixie Dream Girl was yeah. a, is a trope of a kind yes. of woman in, in films. They've always got like one bit of colour in their hair like this, like a, a line of colour. What's a Manic Pixie Dream Girl from a film example? Uh, there's a film called Ruby Sparks. Yes. Where it's like a writer and he sort of writes himself a girlfriend and she's all, she's always like free spirited. Oh, um, no, actually what's the one with the, the chick from new girls? Zoe, oh, Zoe Deschanel. Deschanel. What was the one with her and Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Oh, 500 days of summer. Yes. I just don't feel comfortable being anyone's girlfriend. I don't actually feel comfortable being anyone's anything, you know. She, that character, she's the archetypal manic pixie dream girl. So she's kind of like impulsive and but pretty, but sort of likes to go on wild adventures and is kind of sexual but hard to pin down. So was, so was that a thing? That was might, a might pull out a little... Um, a ukulele. Ukulele yes. and sing a song. Picnics. Picnics, yes. that sort of thing. Yeah. Ironic, like, gingham dresses. And she's, like, there to teach the man to oh. step away from his difficult schedule oh, yeah. and just sort of just yeah. embrace the chaos of life and oh. run through a sprinkler. Oh, in, in a meadow. There's always fresh flowers in That's her hair. Right. Yes, yeah. effortless face. No makeup. It looks stunning exactly. in every light. Yeah, and so the Manny Pixie Dream Boy is sort of, yeah, like a less healthy version Got of it. that. Well, clearly. Yeah, skinnier version. <laughs> Although all the Manny Pixie Dream Girls are also skinny, Yeah, obviously. right. Got it, got it, got it. I love this. See, <laughs> educating. All right, we're going to go away. We're going to come back and ugh, all the fun stuff is gone. We're going to talk about, um, I don't even know how to title this. How would you title what we're going to talk about? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I got a pretty shitty DM from someone who felt I had started a trend. That's coming up. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Okay, Michael Lucas. I received a DM from a woman and I think when I text you I said I, I have to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty well, bad. Well, the last sign off I believe that's where you were. No, I was, in fact, in bed. Okay, basically... She um, is a teacher at a special education school, so she works with people with uh, ADHD and autism spectrum disorder. And she also has a severely autistic nonverbal son and also another child who has ADHD. And she said, I hate it when celebs come out in adulthood announcing that they have ADHD or autism like it's a new trend. It's not. It's hard work. Every teacher my son has ever had since kindy has pulled me aside and told me he has ADHD. If you never had that mentioned by your teachers, then lucky you. <sighs> um, she then went on to kind of, I have always advocated for children to advocate for themselves in school if they can and for adults to advocate for themselves if they can because, of course, it is a spectrum and some people are nonverbal or can't have direct conversations. But if you can, it's great if you can say in a classroom or a meeting, hey, can you slow down, can you just advocate for yourself? She said, please don't tell children to advocate for themselves. There is no normal. 
and sit down and stop encouraging your mum followers to get diagnosed or get your kids diagnosed like it's the answer. If you have a good teacher, you would know you or your child have it already. Just stop. You are not educated on this. There are other parts, but I'm not going to go there. So I, I don't remember ever receiving a more upsetting message and I get death threats mm. quite regularly. <laughs> so it's like, okay. This one, I don't, I mean, this one just really struck at me for so many reasons, but I don't understand, like, when you, when I sent it to you, what was your initial reaction after reading it? I mean, first of all, I want to preface with, she's obviously in a lot of pain. Like, that was a a projection onto me. I know that. My my first immediate reaction was, I, I, I was struggling to sort of understand what, she was accusing you of in the sense of, but hang on a second, like when she's sort of saying don't tell people to go and get diagnosed, but it sounded like she was saying because people then went up with false diagnoses or whatever like that. But obviously, like, obviously you've only ever advocated for people to go and, you know, get it seen to by go through and you've talked at length about how long the process is and all that sort of stuff. So I couldn't, I, I was sort of struggling to understand what the potential harm could be in what, how what she saw mm. as the harm in what you've done. At first I couldn't understand that and then my second response was, oh, I think she's just, it's really, she's obviously mm. going through something horrible and and a lot of that frustration and anger, un- understandable, is um, has been sort of projected onto you. Yeah, but, I mean, if she does work in special education, she would know that someone like me would take that pretty hard mm. uh, considering people with... ADHD and with autism have rejection sensitivity dysphoria, are very sensitive to any sort of information like that, dwell on it, um, take it to heart, internalise it, all those things. And I did all of those things. She also accused me of clogging the system with my fans, which is just so ridiculous. Well, and also really, you know, really brutal because it's an incredibly, I mean, you didn't have to speak about it at all. No, and sometimes I wish I didn't. If I'm brutally honest, I understand now stepping into the world of ADHD and autism, how complex and fraught, even within the community, you know, obviously it's a spectrum and people function at different levels and there seems to be some kind of competition or who's suffering the most or you don't get to talk about it because you can do this and I can't do this or my son can't do that and I think the problem is the compulsion to compare, to compare it all because you can't. It's like comparing mm. fingerprints. The way autism and ADHD affects one person, will, it will be vastly different in another. Like You don't really know how much of the sprinkles you're going to get of each and you don't know how they're going to manifest. And so, I don't know, I felt for me I had to explain, sure, on the surface I seem to be very highly functioning and I've achieved a lot, but... Behind the scenes, I curate that. You guys don't see the dark stuff and I don't owe you the dark stuff. I don't owe you that. And people seem to think unless I am like literally showing the videos where I am comatose in the fetal position, on the floor, paralysed, not being able to sleep, not being able to move, barely being able to string a sentence together, unless I'm like putting that online, then I don't 
have a right to talk about my neurodiversity. Well, and also as well that, yeah, there's there's no doubt a lot of what you're talking about, like if, you, if you're dealing with someone who is nonverbal and, and then that's a whole set of challenges that your situation isn't directly addressing, but that doesn't mean that, that you being open about what you experience isn't going to help a whole ton of people. And the only reason that you're doing it is because you know, on a base level, you you wish that there had been, you, you feel like if there had been someone like you sharing those experiences earlier, then things could have played out differently for you in a way that you would have valued. So that's why you're offering it. So it could be incredibly helpful. And 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 maybe it's in the situation that she's in, you know, it's, 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 it's not necessarily relevant in that same no. way to where she's at, but that doesn't mean it doesn't have potentially life-changing value to other people. Exactly. Lots of other people. And me speaking about my experience does not minimise hers. Mm. It does not trivialise hers. I'm in no way comparing and that is why I'm very careful to only ever speak about my own experience with everything that I'm going through with my brain. I only ever reference myself. I never make general statements about it and if I make jokes about it, I try to make sure it's the light, easy stuff. But I just want everyone to know I speak about it on behalf of people who find it hard in the neurotypical society in the hope that it smooths the path. That's the, that's why I do it. And so there's no comparison. Basically, if you are neurodiverse on whatever, wherever you fall on that spectrum, I want to make life easier for you, regardless of where you are. And, and surely that can be seen as a positive thing. And there seems to be a lot of shame around speaking about it. And I've been contacted by so many people who said, oh, look, I didn't want to write publicly under the post because I have autism or I have ADHD, I have both, I don't want people to know that, my friends follow you. There seems to be a degree of shame around it and I'm really proud of my brain and I, I'm, I'm glad for my brain for so many reasons and I want to help. There's so much shame, especially for women already just getting up and existing. There is so much shame around like cellulite and hair and body shape and just just existing you've got a wiring that you were born with that has nothing to do with you. It's just this, I didn't realise I was stepping into such a touchy minefield and I've really gone through the ringer on this this week and kind of come to the conclusion that I'm going to keep going because Odie was diagnosed and Elio is going to start going through the process and, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to keep doing it, but I do want to say to anyone who who is neurodiverse or who has neurodiverse children, who has a, a child with autism, who's whatever, wherever you are in your life, I don't speak for you. I don't want to be your poster child. I don't want to be an advocate. I just want to tell my story in the hope that it helps other people. When you put out something so vulnerable to have someone who themselves is in clearly in pain say, I thought that that was a bad move and you're damaging and un- that's just the worst. That, yeah, that's a horrible thing to have to hear. But, uh, but um, I would just put it in the perspective, if you can, of, of you know, that that you have only ever offered your own experiences in the hope that some people might relate to them, which thousands of people have. I know, but still... Not everyone can, and 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 you've been very clear about that, and you've been even more clear now, making it very clear that you can't speak for everyone. I, don't, I just, I don't know. I'm just doing my fucking best to honestly survive every day, aren't we? Isn't that what we're all doing? Like at the end of it all, you just want to get into bed and go, yeah, I fucking did that day. Next. Well, it's also as well, and and we've this comes up a lot. It's, there's nothing that stings as more as when it's someone who is in 
like who's in a field or a community that you have, like every field and community is really, really big. But when it's someone who's in the big broad tent that you're in that's calling you out, it hurts way more. That That's why the death threats don't hurt because you know they're from like, you know, they're from... Angry white men. Angry white men. So you can just brush them all off. I mean, they're worrying, but obviously they're not going to make you, they're not going to drive you to the weighted blanket. This this did most certainly and it was a hot night. But I do just want to say like... I have spent my life feeling like I don't fit in anywhere and I think that was another trigger in that the music community don't accept me because I'm a comedian, the comedian community don't accept me because I'm musical. You know, I'm not totally Italian, my mum's Australian, I didn't fit in at school and I finally kind of thought I'd found the neurodiverse community of people who were just like wired like me and then this woman telling me that, I'm not enough. I don't have enough neurodiversity to talk about it. It was just the final, like, for fuck's sake, where do yes, I fit? Although, although from my perspective, even though that was a really bad ground zero, I was really surprised. I feel like your progress is, it's actually been a marker of the good progress because, because that hurt and it knocked you for six, but you were still able to sort of recalibrate and you wrote an amazing amazing piece that you put up online and then the spelling next day mistakes. Fucking spelling that were minimal very minimal just the odd apostrophe oh and my nothing. god it's the worst and because i didn't send it to anyone to read because i wouldn't have posted it normally you would have read it or scott or cella but i'm like no nah, i'm just gonna put it up yeah no well it worked it was not good and then you were able to wake up the next day and move on in a functional way yes. and there would have been other stages in your life where oh this could have been a month oh yeah now nah, therapy works hashtag yeah bitch Work. Yeah. I've said that to you so many times. <laughs> Hashtag therapy works. A million percent. A hundred million percent. <sighs> anyway, so yeah. I'm f- I'm fine. Omnicom. I'm fine, guys. Omnicom. <laughs> Fuck. This has been a weird old ep. Yeah. I don't know, Michael. I don't know. This is what I feel like saying right now. I'm going to take a sip of my wine. Guys, it's night time. It's not nine o'clock in the morning. Mm. All right. Shall we go? Anything else that you want to say? <laughs> Stephen Songheim died. <laughs> oh, yeah. Should we doff our cap? I think tip we of, should. Tip of the cap, kind sir. Tip of the cap to you, Stephen Sondheim, who was so weird. We watched Tick, Tick, Boom on the weekend. We did. And, and his was voice message was in it. He's, mm. he was, there was a character played by Bradley Whitford. but then Josh that, Lyman from West Wing. There was an actual voice message. Mm. Anyway. And yes, they broad, in the Broadway movie. legend, composer. Mm, musical theatre nerds will understand. Oh. <sighs> Deeply. Or, or anyone who grew up with the Barbara's Broadway albums or indeed is obsessed with Madonna's performance on the Oscars when she sang sooner or later. I just feel like there's probably only one person that listens to this podcast that might even be on it that grew up listening to Barbara's Is that me? Yeah. I don't know. That feels like Didn't a Didn't your mother have it? Back to Broadway? <laughs> Do you know, tragically, there's a great... It gets worse. Oh, yeah. It gets worse. There's a great Stephen Sondheim song that Barbara covers. Mm-hmm. It's called Putting It Together. <laughs> oh Do you want to sing a bit? Yeah. Bit by bit, putting it together, piece by piece. piece. And tragically, every time I'm working on a TV show, the, the soundtrack in my mind is that. First get the early confirmation. Otherwise it's risky from the start. I'm always no, singing keep it. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> the vision's no solution. Everything depends on execution. The art of making art. I'm a terrible is putting it together piece by piece. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you can get a bit of Barbara in there and that is how I see myself working on television. I'm Barbara Streisand and I don't know why, but I feel like she's got a tape measure. 
Even though nothing I do ever oh, yeah, requires like a, a tape measure. Like a tailor, just like a tailor. That's right. Cap. Yeah, I love that. Love mm. that for you. So when you're making Newsreader Season 2 next year and we see the behind-the-scenes footage, just know that the internal monologue is... Well, you know, I think I think it's got to the point that I I should edit together the behind the scenes footage to a montage to that song. Oh my god, I think we might just have to get Liam to do it. <laughs> <laughs> What's another? Take us out with another favorite moment from the Barbra Streisand Broadway album. Just take us out with it. What's another favorite song? Oh, uh, Ladies Who Lunch, which was also covered by Meryl. I mean, I'm really sad. It doesn't get gayer. I could keep going. Being alive. This man was heterosexual till he was 28 years of age. 28. Do you know know being alive, though, don't you? No, sing it. Someone to sit in your chair. Someone to love you too much. Someone to make you more good. No, I'm going to do the Megan Thee Stallion back. Being alive. You know that song. Sing it. Being alive. Keep singing. I don't know. I'm not run out of all the lyrics. Taking us out. All right, great. That was actually the highlight of the podcast. Thank (laughs) you so much. I didn't think we'd top Omnicom, but we just did. Thank you for being so gay. You're amazing. (laughs) Well, hey, next time we speak, the actors, it's the actor awards. Well, it'll be before, yes. Yeah, no, yeah. we're going to do like a little, like, we're going to do a before and then I'm going to come and record it. In fact, after next I- time everyone hears from us, we'll know the outcome of what happened. We'll know, I mean, who knows? Maybe Omicron means I won't even be in Sydney. Oh. I think, it, I think I'll be all right. I don't know yet. I haven't thought about it. But what I do know is I'm going to record little special bits when we know the results. Adrian did say, I don't want to alarm you. What? Well, because we're wanting to need to go back for Christmas because we've been separated from his Sydney family for so long. And so he sort of said, no, if it looks no. like the border's shutting, we are no. getting in that car no. and we're just driving. But no. I can't. I'll stand on the border. Like, no, like fucking Sandra D at the start of the drag race in Greece. You ain't going to see me for Jasuko. No, she has the flags, but I'll do the opposite. <laughs> Does that work? Isn't that Cha-Cha? <laughs> doesn't Cha-Cha do that? No, doesn't Sandy. No, Frenchie? Frenchie, Frenchie, yeah. who starts the race at the end of Greece? Oh, where you've just had your gay card. Revoked. We race for pinks, yeah. pink slips, pink slips, registration papers. Who does it? Or is it? Who does it? Who does it? I thought that was Cha Cha. Yeah, maybe was it Cha Cha? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cha 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 but I'll Stopping have, me from getting in. Instead of the instead of the flags dropping, I'm just like like no deal. <laughs> you can't. You can't. Because of the Christmas spectacular. No. Oh well, that yes, obviously. Oh my god, you can't miss the installation Christmas live. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm carried. Sophie's bro- choice. Don't tell me what that movie's about. I never want to know. I don't know what her choice was, and I never want to know because I always want to be able to use that reference when there's a hard decision to make. Don't tell me. There better not be kids involved. <laughs> I don't want to know. Is there a cliff? There are, <gasps> no. There are kids involved. No. Where? Sophie's Choice, don't tell me what that movie's about. You. Ca- oh, my God. Oh, God, I've got so much to worry about. <sighs> I think we need to do a podcast where I tell you one what Sophie's Choice is no. about one time and we record You'll your ruin it. reaction. No, don't. Please don't. I once, don't ever tell so me. Once I was at the gym and it was on as a midday movie. All right, guys, that's enough from us. We'll see you next week. Omnicom. Omnicom. <laughs> this is Emsolation. All right, we're done, we're done. Was that not the highlight of the Emsolation experience? Michael Lucas <laughs> singing the Barbara Streisand song. Are you forever now going to piece by piece putting it together? Anytime you watch a Michael Lucas show now, know that that's what was going on in his head. I love it so much. 
Have a fantastic week. Oh, God, it's all happening. The next time we record and speak, the Actor Awards will be in full swing. The Podcast Awards will have happened. Uh, We'll be gearing up for the live special. It's a big time of year for the podcast. This is like our third last ep for the year. It's big, it's big times. It's exciting, big, good times that you are all a part of and you're the reason it's happening. So thank you. Have a marvellous week. Remember to check out the socials. Marcella, my daughter, runs them at Installation Podcast on Instagram. Or like if there's a little, if I've mentioned a picture or a person, there'll be a visual on the on the Instagram page. This is your this is your Bible, your cliff notes. Go there and have a look. Make sure you're following us on the Spotify app and uh, get your tickets for the Christmas Live special. And we will chat in a week. Bye, gang. Emsolation with M. Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast hosted by M. Rossiano with Michael Lucas. Executive produced by Benjamin Wosley. Produced by M. Rossiano. Edited by Ezekiel Fenn at Entente Music with videos by Liam O'Brien. Socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow with assistance from Jem Evans and Georgia Watts. Plus occasional technical wizardry, wine and coffee from M. Dad Vinci. Get more Emsolation by following the Emsolation podcast on Instagram, where you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. You can join other Emsolators at the Emsolation group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. If you love what we do, share this podcast with a friend and make sure you're following us on the Spotify app. Thanks for taking time out to listen to this week's episode, and we look forward to chatting with you again soon. <laughs> <laughs>